Hey guys, we are back and look at us be consistent. It is Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, Thursdays, uh, our Facebook Live, and we are so excited. So Colin is joining me today because Colin, um, Colin was a big part of our marketing campaign with the amazing Patient News. And I am so honored to, to feature Karen Galley, guys for today's Facebook Live. Um, just so you guys know, Karen um, was a part, a big part of our first retreat. And um, man, it was so great to have you. And she's gonna be back in Sonoma. But I've, um, if, if you guys wanna learn about mailers and the proper way to do it and not just be cookie cutter, then, um, then stay tuned because we're going to let Karen just run with it, and then we're going to post some questions. We're going to yeah. read your questions. Colin's paying attention to the chat. And um, and without further ado, Karen, greetings. How are you? How's everything in Canada? Everything is amazing in Canada. It's the time of year where, you know, it's just magical here. So we're into our late spring, early summer, and everything's just glorious and here at our world headquarters, you know, we're on the lake. So, you know, people, you know, can kayak to work and, you know, I live, I live right on the lake and it's, yeah, it, it's totally awesome. So, yeah. And you might see, you know, moose or deer out and about and all uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah, okay. no, it's, it's all good. No. Okay. So you no are zebras. <laughs> no zebras. No zebras. So you're in Toronto. So uh, our world headquarters and where I am today is actually three hours north of Toronto. So it's a beautiful lakes district, cottage country. So our um, square, our building is up here and uh, that's kind of where our core operation is. But you know I'm partly in the US too. My husband's American, so we do go back and forth. I've got a place in Manhattan and actually we do, you know, he does a lot of work out in California, so we're, we're kind of all over the map too. So love it here, love it there. When I grow up, Karen. Oh, uh, well, it's best of both worlds. We get that <laughs> you know, city culture injection and, you know, theater, arts and food and beverage. And then we're up here in the wilds where it's ni nice and quiet and, oh and all of that. So it's all good. Oh, yeah. well, okay. Well, I know we want to talk about your stuff, but I do want to talk about just um, you and Peter. Peter is her husband. And you guys, they are, <laughs> they are foodies to the core. So, and they actually got married where? Where did you get married, Karen? Yes, we got married in Napa Valley, where our first retreat was hosted with the making of a dental startup group, which was wonderful. And I can't recommend enough to everyone within the community who can get to that event to try and make it. This year it's in Sonoma, I know. And we're excited to be part of year number two as well. And um, it's just a, a great event. And my husband and I are indeed foodies and he's also a big wino. And as a matter of fact, his email handle is kingwino1 at gmail.com. So no uh, now that I've broadcasted that to the world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a good handle. And, it's a great uh, handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay, let's dive in because I know people yeah. want to know. Okay, Absolutely. tell us you. We're gonna take your lead because I know you have an outlet. That sounds. That sounds. Nice. That sounds great. And and you know, obviously, it will will share information if you have any questions and and we'll chit chat. I actually sometimes present some of this data as uh, kind of a webinar with visuals. So I have, you, you want a screen share? I, I don't have it set up. Okay. that today because I knew we were going to have conversations but okay. um, so I do have a lot of data points but I did pull the most recent data out of our system so for any of you who are not familiar with patient news we're celebrating our 30th anniversary exclusively dental marketing and the cornerstone of our operation has been direct mail so we are a full service agency as part of our model we have and there's actually imagery behind me practice zebra software and that um, is an amazing piece of, of technology it is um, essentially you can see your results in black and white it goes further into attribution uh, so that you can do address and phone number matching you can really map that patient journey 
Uh, it's not just a default to your website or digital channels. It's a complicated patient journey and we can really map it through and show the production uh, at the per patient level. So a lot of the metrics are pulled from Zebra, uh, which also has a call tracking, call scoring, team training component, lots going on there. But essentially, that's who we are and uh, that's essentially where all this data comes from. We've worked with more than 7,500 dentists on more than 75,000 direct marketing campaigns. So the data that's consolidated from those efforts is um, seriously legit. So we've got today some surprising metrics as they're related to practice marketing because I know we're all you know, starting to get pretty familiar with some of the standard uh, metrics in marketing. These might be a little bit different, a little bit uh, of a different angle, things that you might not have thought of. So the first metric I just wanted to talk about today is your average patient value versus your new patient value. And I'm talking about your average annual patient value versus the amount of money that a patient spends typically within your practice within the first year. And I don't know if you're aware, but it's you know usually in the range of at least double. Uh, and I didn't pull your metrics, Ashley. I don't know if you're aware of what your new patient average value is compared to your just an average patient. So I pulled some some random metrics out of Zebra. And uh, as an example, one practice has an average value of 800, but their new patient first year value is 1,992. 1,200 for an average value versus 4,300. 820 average value versus 1,804. So of all of our consolidated uh, metrics in practice Zebra, um, your new patient value is 1,800 versus 1,100. So why is this significant? And it's because we always need an active flow of new patients to maximize practice production. And it's just, you know, you're going to have naturally occurring attrition within the, within the organization. Um, so you really always need that new patient flow. So that's the first metric. Did you have any, so you guys aren't, aren't necessarily familiar. I should have pulled up Zebra just so we could take a look at, at some of your data at the same time, but uh, we'll have to go into that at some point. And I'm surprised that hasn't been highlighted for you so I far. I think we're supposed yeah. to have a follow-up call with your team also. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, well, and also, you know, when you're calculating your return on investment for your marketing dollars, understanding what that new patient value is within the first year, it's not just the average value of all your patients. They right. spend more in the first year within your practice. So that really should be factored into your ROI, just mm -hmm. something for your, for your consideration. Okay, so if we're ready, then let's jump into metric number two. So metric number two talks about your new patients versus your net new patients. So any idea what I'm talking about there when I say, okay, do you know what your, you know your new patient flow? Like for the average practice, healthy new patient flow, but per providers, 35 to 50. Uh, I think of all the data in practice Zebra, our clients average about um, 50 new patients per practitioner per month. But what is the net new patient flow to your organization? And the difference there is the attrition factor. So you, you might have two practice locations. They're both adding 50 new patients a month. But one practice is plateaued or maybe even in decline. And the other practice is growing. Well, why is that? It has to do with your patient attrition. How many active patients are falling off your schedule at the same time that you're building on your new patient flow? And that is something that's important. Again, you need to make room for those new patients because they're a higher value. But if you're not also fostering those patient relationships in a really meaningful, great way. You've got nothing that's tying them to your practice. So it's not just about how you're communicating with your community and with your new patients, but how are you adding value and communicating with your existing 
patient base. And I don't mean with a transactional message in an email or, you know, billing or just a simple appointment reminder. Are you doing anything to make your patients know that you care about them in between appointments? And, you know, that's just something from a marketing um, standpoint to, to take a look at too, is what's the difference between your onboarding versus your attrition? And are you at a net gain overall? Or are you at a net loss overall? So that is just another kind of different mindful uh, metric when you're looking at marketing. Do you have any questions? And I and I hope it's not so data, data, data that it's boring, boring, boring. But uh, no. any questions about that? No, it's I, so true. And I would be interested to see how many, um, how the new patient flow, like what is considered a healthy number of new patients for the out-of-network provider versus the in-network provider. Absolutely, yes. And I was just talking with my VP about that very thing. You know, obviously practice model makes a tremendous difference. I have, is it Hazel Glasper, who's up here on the board? She's been working with me for 13 years, I think it is. Um, and she's been doing a, a newsletter religiously throughout that period of time, but she's an extremely high value patient. Like she only needs 15 new patients per month as a provider. Her average new patient first year value is $9,500. Like she's just, it's a completely different model of practice. So when you ask about what is a healthy new patient flow, it really is very dependent on your model of practice. So that is something to, to take into consideration. And Ashley, I know that you've transitioned um, fairly recently sort of out of um, network with Delta and going more on the fee-for-service side. And it could be, you know, some short-term pain for longer-term gain. I, I know that's a tough transition to make. Um, you know, many have made it successfully over time uh, and, you know, added significant value uh, and, you um, you know, to the practice in terms of equity, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that, that's a very good question. It does, you know, the, 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 the um, ideal new patient flow varies based on your model. So you would want to look at, um, you know, your area, your competitiveness, your service mix, and then I could probably give you a better estimation as to, you know, what type of new patient flow is going to be healthy. Um, looking at your numbers. And I'll throw that out for anyone who's interested, you know, feel free to reach out to Patient News. We would be happy to do, you know, a complimentary demographic analysis of your community and perhaps even take a look at your practice metrics and, and help you make some of those uh, summations. So good. And, and definitely take Karen up on her offer for that. Yes. Because it is mind blowing the amount of detail that those reports came out because I ran I ran a demographics report the first time that I opened in Folsom and it looked nothing like when your team showed me what you guys came up with. It's like, oh my gosh, wow, that's it's it's really amazing. So um so it's complimentary guys, you have nothing to lose. Well, it, it's just, I mean, it's just a critical element for dental marketing success. You need to know who is in your community, what is going to resonate with them, where those patients are located. And actually, that very nicely helps me segue into an interesting data point number three, mm -hmm. and that is your high value patients. Mm -hmm. So everyone may be able to pull a list, you know, who are your high value patients, but do you know exactly where they live? Can you take those patients and geoplot them on a map and identify specifically these pockets of high value patients in your current market area draw? You can then use that information to find like audiences and to target all of your marketing, you know, whether it's your direct mail, all of your efforts. Um, to attract those high value patients that are already living in your community with those like audience areas. So that's another interesting data um, point, uh, not necessarily metric, but data point. It's where are your high value patients, not just who are they and pulling out a list. And mm -hmm. maybe you're differentiating your service model, doing a little white glove with you know some of your high value patients, but 
really it's how can you use that data to get more patients like your best patients and that's what you want to use that information for so that yeah that was a perfect perfect segue perfect segue all right let us move into another data point okay have you guys heard the term danger patient have you ever heard of that term danger patient okay sounds scary it sounds scary Actually, it can be scary. So it's danger patient, uh, and we follow these metrics closely, is a patient that hasn't been in for more than nine months. So this is not a patient that has attrited or dropped off of your schedule. This is a patient that is potentially very active, um, but maybe just outside of their recare model or schedule or having some, uh, you know, unaccepted treatment. Nine months is kind of that, what we've determined, a magic tipping point. I don't know if you follow Malcolm Gladwell and his tipping point and everything. That danger patient is kind of the tipping point. Will they stay or will they go now? Um, (laughs) Anyway, that was very bad. (laughs) That was perfect. That was perfect. All right. So danger patients. So those patients that have not been seen in nine months. So here's the thing. The average practice has 25% of their entire active patient base in danger at any given time. But top performing practices or the top 10% of performing practices have less than 6% of their patients in that danger zone. So it's just a metric that, you know, you want to be mindful of because that is, if you haven't been in communication with those patients and they haven't been in for that nine month tipping point time period, it's definitely time to be communicating. It's time for outreach. And, you know, maybe your automated communication methodologies, you know, are are successful somewhat. Um, but maybe there's more to it that's required to, you know, convert that nine-month patient to continue to be in that active status. So I would say that danger danger model, if it's something that you've never heard of, is something to be mindful of that can potentially, you know, boost your performance um, with some some good action. So all of these metrics I'm trying to pull together are actionable. So there's no challenge that doesn't come with a solution, right? Let's, we'll be all about solution-based. What can you do when you have a patient, you know, in, in danger status? How can you leverage the opportunities um, that these things afford? So that was number four, danger patients. So this one is very similar, and that is scheduled patients. So the percentage of your active patients that are currently scheduled. And this is an interesting one, too, because, you know, you do need to leave room for those high value new patients because, you know, they are going to, you know, fill your schedule with, you know, a greater value production. So what is the ideal you know, percentage scheduled of your active base. So I I pulled out the the numbers. So the average practice right now in terms of scheduled active patients is sitting at 45%. So less than half of patient bases on average are scheduled for an appointment. But top performing practices are in the range of 75%. So that's a big differential between what the average practice is doing and what top performing practices are doing. But you know what, when your patients are active and they're scheduled and they're attending, they're probably giving more reviews. Mm -hmm. They're probably referring more patients, good patients like they are. You know, they're easier in terms of their, your upsell. And then obviously their health and wellness, if they're attending regularly and you have them regularly scheduled, you know, your patients are just generally going to be healthier, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got your fingers on the pulse with your scheduled rates and, you know, active rates or what you're doing in between appointments to make sure that your patient communication, whether it's e-newsletters, even print newsletters, something in the mail to your active patients of record, that's not an invoice, you know, or that's not, uh, you know, something that's transactional, value add, you know, what can at home preventative care, 
um, you know, explaining all of your, you know, your services and everything that's available to them to improve their health and wellness. There's one thing to communicate to new patients in the community, but how are you sharing all of that great information with your own patients of record and asking them for their referrals apart from when they're in the office and, and in the chair? So, yeah, so that active sca uh, patient uh, scheduled value is is good but again you don't want it so high that you're not leaving room for that new patient flow so that is a challenge believe it or not for some practices they're so busy they have no room for new patients uh, i would argue if that's the case that there may be some patients you might want to love out the door <laughs> if they're not you know, providing value or if they're a PIA for your staff or they're not paying bills on time um, you know maybe I, I just love the term that was a consultant that uh, we work with Kelly Schwartz he said Karen but let's just love those ones out the door and it's like, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that sounds so, nicer than dismissing patients yeah it's <laughs> yeah. yeah we can you know, love them goodbye that's that's what I did with my first husband. No, <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you been drinking already, Karen? No, no. It's honestly water in my. Yeah, I did use my zebra mug just to be on brand, but it's 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 the H two O. Although, Ashley, it is, you know, almost 25 after 7 here. So oh. if I if I had had a glass of wine, I think it would have been within reason. No judge. Yeah, no, no judging, no, no judging. Judgment. Okay, I'm going to surprise myself now because I'm not sure what number metric I'm on. Six. <laughs> okay, six. Uh, all right, six. Okay, six, six, six. Six is the most important metric that we found in terms of everything that we track. If you want to spend not one more penny on marketing than these metrics, your live call answer rate mm. and your conversion rate, if you do a better job in those two data points, those two metrics, you will increase your new patient flow, increase your production without spending one more penny on marketing. It's incredible how that works in all of your marketing. If you're doing print marketing, digital marketing, paid, community, you know, everything that you're doing, if you just answer more of those calls live and you do a better job at converting those calls, it can mean thousands in practice production. You know, if you got two to three more new patients per month just by better managing the calls. Um, and I have the data in front of me. Again, I pulled our, our most current data. So the average practice is answering 75% of the calls live. And I can't underestimate that live answer rate as opposed to allowing it to go to voicemail and calling back. Mm -hmm. um, something that we have in Zebra, which is uh, amazing, is a missed call alert. We also have missed opportunity alerts. Um, so if, we, if we've identified through AI that there's an element in the call of significant value, we call that a missed opportunity. Uh, anyway, so the average practice is answering 75% of their calls live. Top practices are answering greater than 90%. You know, really, and, and I was, you know, we're discussing a, a practice that we're working with um, in the Illinois area, and they are so focused on live call answer that they now have a call room, a dedicated call room, and they have, you know, two, two individuals that, you know, offset the phones. The third caller goes to the first person on the front desk if they're busy. It's like the phone tree. Element, and they just do not miss their calls because they know how but when you look at your new patient value in the first year which is more than double that of all of your other patients those new patient calls are critical hazel is so focused on their call handling metrics each new patient that comes in is worth nine thousand dollars in the first year 
you need to answer those calls live. The second thing is the conversion. So the average practice has a conversion in the range of 55%. That means conversion to new patient appointment from phone call. Top performers are 84% conversion. Again, it's going to depend on your, you know, the insurance base and in and out of network and competitiveness. You know, there's a lot that goes into that, but think about that 55, that's an almost 30% differential in conversion rate. And also a huge differential, almost 30% in live call answer. Mm-hmm. Imagine if instead of answering 75% of the calls, you answered 90%. Right there, you're converting several new patients, maybe two to three more new patients per week without spending any more money on marketing. That's another quarter of a million dollars added to practice production. It's an area of focus for every practice. And I don't want to feel like I'm preaching. That's, I feel like I'm you know, yeah. preaching, but that is a very critical element and an area of focus for everybody. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And gosh, the amount of times, I, I mean, the amount of money that gets spent on marketing just to get your phone to ring and then it rings and nobody answers. It's like heartbreak. What are we doing? Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's dumb. It, I'm dumbfounded when I have a clients that turn off you know, missed call alerts because it might interrupt the team or the staff. And if you've missed the call, you know, a a patient doesn't wait around. They will search for the next, you know, opportunity. They will be, you know, looking up on their Google, you know, search and looking for the next practice and making that phone call right away. They're not going to wait, you know, much time unless you can catch those calls within 30 seconds to a minute and get right back to that caller. That's where the missed call and missed opportunity alerts are are so critical because you have an opportunity to, you know, recoup those lost calls. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's call conversion. Um, So metric number seven. Okay. Well, metric number seven is, return on investment. So this is that boring old, what are you actually getting from your marketing efforts? And, you know, it really varies by practice. If we're talking direct mail, which is what we've been focusing on with with you, Ashley, and with the group making of a dental startup, the average return on investment that our clients um, see within six months is a six to one ROI. So that's in actual production. So for every dollar spent, $6 in actual production in that six-month time frame. Again, that's average. I, I was just telling you earlier that um, there's another two-practice group. I just was looking up with the making of a dental startup. I won't share names because that wouldn't be fair, and I don't have uh, approval to do so. But it's a two-practice location, and already after three mailings in three months, they have a 13-to-1 ROI at one location and a 7-to-1 ROI at the second location. So they are doing great and going gangbusters. Because we're talking about direct mail, Ashley, we did talk about the newsletter. So we're doing a newsletter um, with Smile & Co. as well. And that is a a point of differentiation. I guess that's another thing. We're talking about um, metrics and, and marketing. There's a big difference between marketing and advertising. And I think sometimes people don't always understand, you know, that differential. But marketing is building awareness, getting people to know who you are, where you are, what you stand for, what your value is, what your value proposition is. And that's where a newsletter provides that real estate to share your brand and promote your story, introduce your services to the community. So obviously when people have a need, you know, there's a Google search element but how do people know you even exist in the first place within your community? And that's marketing. And that's, you know, part of that equation is direct mail. So I picked up a piece just to show everyone. I don't know how much the visual, but, you know, a four page newsletter, 
value add. This one actually is uh, Dr. Paul Goodman. You may know Paul from Dental Nachos. Mm -hmm. So this is this is his piece, Ewing Dental Associates. But it speaks to his target audience, the female head of household and her family. It's got beautiful branding, beautiful imagery, um, obviously calls to action, a reason why they should visit the practice, um, QR codes, uh, it has their reviews, call to action. Um, anyway, it provides the real estate and the value to get a higher value new patient and to educate your community, as opposed to advertising like a postcard, which is going to promote a special offer or, you know, uh, and given a specific timeline. So it's two kind of different, uh, different equations there, and both are important elements in, in your marketing mix. So I did, I blew through our yeah, seven that was good. metrics and I, and I hope it wasn't boring because it was a lot of data points and, you know, everything else, but I'm super happy to share with anyone who would like a practice metrics review. Um, definitely would be happy to do a little connection to Zebra and, you know, help sort through the data and metrics. We have some cool tools. Ashley, have you been into our predictive analytics module? I and, believe I have. Okay. Well, we must get you in there. I'm not sure when your next review is, but the predictive analytics module is so cool. And that takes all these metrics that we've talked about. So your new patient flow, the patients that are attriting, um, and it pulls it right out of your system and shares these metrics. And then you can say, what if I made a 5% improvement in this one metric and a 10% improvement in this one? You know, maybe I'm anticipating because I'm going out of network, my attrition will be a little bit higher. Maybe I'll anticipate, you know, a little bit greater attrition. Uh, but then what if I increase my active patient schedule by 10%? You throw and you can toggle, and then it spits out what your annual production will be based on your own patient values. If it's your new patient values, your existing patient values, and all the metrics we talked about toggled, and then it will say, Ashley, at the end of the year, you can anticipate another 500,000 in practice production, or Ashley, due to this increase in attrition and XYZ, it'll look like a plateau year unless we toggle some new patient metrics up or down. So predictive analytics is where it's at. And, you know, we can get into a whole discussion about artificial intelligence, but there's a lot of that going on from a marketing perspective too, not just chat GPT. <laughs> um, everybody's talking about chat GPT. Oh, yes, 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 they are, they are. Are you guys using it in any way, shape or form? They've introduced it, obviously, at a consumer level. Um, I haven't played with it, but I know yeah. that, um, I mean, I've listened to so many podcasts about marketing specifically in the dental office using yeah. AI. Mm -hmm. I mean, do people even need to write anymore? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, well, the scary part about that is there are a lot of inaccuracies. I mean, right, I guess it's as... It works as well as the data that you feed, you know, into the system. You know, otherwise, it's just pulling disparate information from, you know, various sources and trying to piece together the most intelligent, you know, and sometimes it can be pretty good, but other times it can be not so good or maybe not even accurate mm -hmm. and or very repetitive. Um, so, you know, uh, we've just started to dibble and dabble with ChatGPT in our, um, you know, not, not from a marketing standpoint or copywriting, but for basic service articles that are backlinks, you know, for website SEO purposes, like things like that. But we have actually found that pretty much everything needs to be tweaked and rewritten and definitely proofed. Like, it's just not yet. I'm not saying it's not going to get there because it's really still very early days. Mm -hmm. You wonder, like, how advanced some of this, these technologies are, are going to get. It's amazing. But 
we're already jumping on the bandwagon with artificial intelligence. We have it sprinkled throughout, you know, practice Zebra uh, in in various modules and in our call tracking and, and scoring. Um, that's another area uh, that we do is call scoring to help the team uh, with call conversion and identifying areas of challenge, you know, at the call level. But we're using AI all over the place. It's very exciting. Very cool. Yeah. I. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to, since, since you blew through that really fast, it's like you know, talking about or something. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have so many visuals and, you know, there's that like, yeah, I did blow through it again. Hopefully you didn't like gloss over. Stuff. No, no, not at all. It was really good. Very informative. And, and I want to, I want to talk about our, our newsletter specifically yeah. by Collins here because we were so when you work with patient news, um, it is a you'll have lots of different creative calls. And if you're anything like me, you want it to be custom everything, which yeah. I mean, I I wanted a very specific look and feel to our our newsletter. We've never done any at like we've never done mailers or SEO or or I don't even know how to do any of that stuff, but um, because we got out of network with Delta, um, we're no longer reliant on just, okay, how did you choose us? Oh, you're, you're, you're on my list of in-network right. providers right. and my target demographic moved from the young professional, so to speak, to maybe an older demographic who is not so active on social media. Yeah. And and because I built my brand on social media, I mean, it's one thing to, to get awareness and, and get our um, reputation out there. But there are a lot of people who don't own, a, don't own a, an iPhone and they're not on Instagram, TikTok, all of the above. So um, it was my decision to say, OK, let's start moving into the print world. And of course, I didn't want just any four by six postcard because that's what I get all the time. And that's what goes straight to the garbage. And what attracted me to patient news was the fact that you guys are doing something differently and you have a four page front and back eight and a half by 11 newsletter where I'm not necessarily advertising. I'm storytelling. I yes. am able to say like, this is me. This is, this is why I built this, or this is my team member. This is the technology we're providing. And um, it was cool to have Colin in on those, um, those conversations with your team. And mm -hmm. everything has been so um, professional and client-focused, client but also very, very nuanced in the metrics. Like, it was so sophisticated. And that's why I, I really implore you guys take Karen up on her offer to, to run the demographics, it will be, um, it's a game changer. Like if you're just blindly putting money in, yes, it can be a horrible ROI, a very big monthly investment. But if your average client is able to get, what was it, a six to one? A six to yep. one six, ROI. Six to one ROI, yep. Mm -hmm. Within six months. Within six months, I will take that all day. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts, like, on all those meetings? No, they were a lot of fun. And um, like you said, you don't do anything super basic. So we've gone <laughs> back and forth with the yeah. team. And yeah. everyone has been so great in, like, taking in what you've said, but also knowing what works. Yeah. Um, and with that and the demographic reports are so detailed. like. I didn't know you could find out that kind of information about the demographics of everybody yeah. in certain zip codes. And yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah. And every practice area is different. I mean, that's why we really have to consult carefully in a one-on-one -on -one practice situation because area competitiveness, the doctor to patient ratio, first of all, 
that shouldn't scare anyone. We can be successful. You can be successful really in any environment, including a competitive environment. It just may take longer. It may take a greater investment. It may take an investment of time and money. Uh, but, you know, that being said, if you're in a, an area where you have a doctor to patient ratio uh, that's just so, you know, convenient for success, then you might hit it out of the ballpark right out of the gate. Um, so again, I, I referenced earlier that two patient uh, making of a dental startup um, group, and um, he is in uh, Nashville. So, you know, again, totally different demographic than, for example, where you are or, you know, in, in any other particular city. So we look at all those things, age, income, homeowners versus renters. We look at the psychographics. We look at purchasing patterns and, you know, whether they're spending on healthcare. Uh, we look at dental visits, the percent of the population that is attending a dentist regularly versus not, that doctor to patient ratio. We look at drive times. We look at physical barriers uh, in terms of accessing the office, even if you're on the wrong side of the highway that might require a U-turn. Like All of these things go into demographic targeting and then using that information and finding the right. And you know, the other thing is the mix of services that are going to resonate you know, within your community and talking to that female head of household who is making most of the healthcare decisions for the family. And I don't mean to discount the guys. They're actually doing a little bit more online. Women need, though, a lot of information to make an informed decision. They don't, you know, they, they just don't decide things like a healthcare provider on a whim where it's a highly consultative, you know, relationship. So, yeah, that quality of information that's consistently um, distributed to the community really makes a big difference in the, in the long run. And you're right about that target demographic, especially if you're doing more of the restorative work or want to, you know, do more of the restorative work and, you know, implants and all kinds of other really amazing and cool things. You're going to gravitate towards that, you know, 35 to you know 65 sort of age range or 45 to to 65. Now Karen how are you guys tracking where all these patients are coming from? You guys have like a dummy phone number or how does that work? Yeah so absolutely there's a dedicated call number on each piece and or you know if we're doing digital marketing on um, you know, all, all paid, like there's, it's a dedicated phone number tracking, but we also do address matching. So we can see also that that patient received a direct mail piece. And that's where the journey's complicated. They may receive the direct mail piece and they may call from that call tracking and scoring line that's right on the piece. And or they could subsequently receive the piece and go do further research on your website. Right. which is part of the patient journey. More and more people, even if you receive something or print and or someone refers you to something, you then da, 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 like, okay, let's take a look at them. And then it's easy maybe to click and call once you're in the, you know, in the site itself. So we can trace that. We can put attribution to digital. Um, we can tie attribution to print. Uh, and we can see that all of these channels work synergistically. They, they really, really do. And that parts don't equal the whole either. It's often surprising. It's like I've got, you know, 10 patients from the newsletter and 30 patients from the website, you know, but why all of a sudden did I, where did the extra 10 come from? Well, it just, it's worked synergistically and there's referrals that come into place and increase in walk-ins because of the visibility that a piece is created in market. And then they recognize it when they're, you know, just happen to be driving by or walking by. Like it, it just, it works fluidly um, together. And we, I should note too, that we can track patient production even down to um, household family members. So it's not just the dependent uh, who has come in for the appointment, but we can attach that return on investment um, to all of the production within that family. So it's, uh, yeah, the, we, we've kind of cornered the market on attribution model. There isn't a lot of stuff out there like we can do from a marketing perspective. Um, yeah, with Zebra. 
That's awesome. Also, well, um, if you're not already convinced, I mean, this is why they've been in business for 30 years. We got um, a new patient recently who someone had, a friend had mentioned your name in the past and then they received the newsletter and they called based off of that too, which is It is amazing that attribution and and to your point, they had known the name, but then saw the newsletter and were reminded of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the same thing with patient news, like every business, we get a call from a dentist, but then when we go back and do a little bit of further research, you know, we first met them at a trade show like two years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a journey, there's a, a first point of contact. And then there's a closing point of contact, you know, and it's it it often takes more than one touch point for a decision to be made. Um, And that's where consistency, I guess it comes back to consistency. Mm -hmm. I can also tell you, and, and I'm sure it drives dentists and anyone crazy when marketing people say you've got to be consistent, you've got to be consistent. They're just like, oh, yeah, they want you to spend, 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 spend and don't stop. Well. I'm sorry to tell you, our most successful clients in terms of production and in terms of, you know, just trajectory over time, it's those that are consistent with their program, digital, print, you know, combination. Um, and, and we, you know, we work with clients and a pick and play. A lot of our clients have websites with other providers, which is great. And we tie in their uh, branding with their print piece or, you know, vice versa. So, yeah, consistency is, uh, you know, unfortunately part of the game. I often say, you know, I don't like spending half a million dollars on marketing every year too, but I just get the job done and it, uh, it works for us too. Mm-hmm. And, and we do it all print we 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 do it all too we practice what we preach mm-hmm. print delivers for patient news too we execute on print we execute on digital we invest in our website you know we attend events we do trade shows we love going to great things like making of a d- dental startup I, i'll throw another plug in for that because it's just yeah the yeah. thing so- i love about it the most is it's fun and you know, learning opportunity. It was great, you know, great speaker lineup, great learning, but also so much fun, you know, going out to the wineries and, you know, doing all of that great stuff. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we're so, I mean, we're so happy to have you and Peter come back and, and represent patient news. And guys, if you want more information about how to get started just want to take a look around because we, we like to um, we like to have all our information before we sign up as well. Yes, um, very type A analytical people. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. No, reach out to Karen. Let her know you're from the group. And um, she's just great people. If you can't already tell, like Karen and her team, they're amazing. They're on top of it. You'll have a dedicated um, project manager to help build your your newsletter if you want a template if you don't want to think about anything because there are so many things already in the practice on, on your plate you don't have to they will do it for you but if you're very anal retentive like me and want to do everything yourself um and you want to build it like you can also do that so i'm also just very interested in in split testing our model too. Like I, I know that uh, we spent a lot of time on the custom side, but like, Hey, just for the next two months, let's see how this one plays in this, in this uh, demographic too. And that way we can track because you don't know unless you track things. That's right. And um, we do a lot of full custom too, you know, so you're, you're not alone in terms of, you know, your exacting, you know, presentation, which, which has stood you well in terms of your practice and your operations. And I'm sure systems, processes, procedures, you know, you're, you're that person, which is awesome. And your brand is so strong, you know, and you have such a great, you know, presentation yourself um, that, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with, fully customizing and you doing you to your community. It's just 
a little bit more challenging to execute. Yeah. It's more time, of course, on the part of the practice in, in terms of getting uh, materials together and, and that sort of thing. And it can only, I would say, sometimes come at a sacrifice of consistency. If you're not able to execute um, as consistently because it's such a highly customized element, you then may lose some of the future forward uh, benefits of that consistent approach. So we can make it easy with a te partially templated but customized uh, piece like front and back just to, and it's a little bit less expensive too. So probably a, a better shorter term ROI. Anyway, tons of options. And, and of course, every situation is different. I come back to every situation is different and every problem has a solution and we can, we can figure it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Karen. You are, I mean, you're so amazing. I just adore you. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, No, and I'm so glad Chris Phelps introduced mm -hmm. us. Like, yes. people refer yeah. people. And um, yeah, thank you again. And reach out to Karen, let her know you're from the group. And if you're watching on any of where we're streaming, awesome. If you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure to come. <laughs> Make sure yeah. to come to Sonoma, everyone. Yes. Needs to come. Yeah. Everyone. It's Indeed. Be Meet Karen. Be yeah. Yes. Yes. I, um, I was happy to uh, sponsor. Chris just had his anniversary of Nova class, dentistry class. And it was, uh, we went to Disney with his graduating class. So I think there were 60 in his graduating oh, class and he had a reunion, a Nova reunion, like 20 year reunion at Disney. So Peter and I were down there with Chris. Oh my gosh, we're <laughs> yeah. just living the life. I love it. Oh yeah, no, that was, it was a lot of fun and he, and he is a really good guy. You should get him out as well again. I don't know if he's oh, going yeah. No, Chris, if you're listening to this, I, I'm, pres I, I already, um, assume that you're going <laughs> i'm like oh no he's coming yeah he is a wine guy too so yes. he, he and peter hit it off of course of course all right guys well thank you for joining in and thank you again karen for all the amazing um content that you just brought forth to our group and um for just being awesome and um we'll see you guys next thursday for yep. where who's uh dr katie's help Dr. Katie Toll is up next awesome. Thursday. Yeah. Thank right. you so much, ladies. And thank Aww. you for having me, too. Thank you, you awesome. so much. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.